Throughout the Harry Potter series, we see the main characters face the choice between right and wrong. In fact, the story essentially stands as a metaphor of the battle between good and evil, but seen on a, a grander or a more fantastical scale. There are a few quotes that come to mind to highlight the more internal aspects of the fight between good and evil from some of the adult characters, such as Albus Dumbledore or Sirius Black. Quotes such as, It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Stated by Albus Dumbledore or, The, the world isn't split into good people and death eaters. We've all got both light and dark inside us. What matters is the part we choose to act on. That's who we really are. Stated by Sirius Black, these words are spoken to Harry during times of self-doubt and act both as words of encouragement and possibly as words of warning. There are many more examples of this throughout the book, but not every character has the privilege of such insightful mentorship to guide them. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Wizarding World Legacy Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the darker side of some of our favorite characters within the Wizarding World. I think to get started, why don't we talk about the Chosen One himself? Sounds good to me. Take it away. Me take it away? Yeah. All right. Tell us a little bit about Harry Potter. Harry Potter. As we all know, uh, who have read the books or, or seen the series, Harry Potter does eventually find out that he has a true darkness inside him. Um, which would be the Horcrux, the unintended Horcrux and piece of Voldemort's soul. However, that's not really the darkness that we're going to focus on. Uh, this does sometimes manifest itself in um, subtle ways, which we see him freak out at Dumbledore and things like that. Look at me! But before we even uh, see him recognize that he has a Horcrux inside him, we see little outbursts similar to that, although more targeted. One of those outbursts happens outside of Hogwarts to one of his relatives. It does. Yes. It's a rough one. <laughs> if there's something wrong with the bitch, then there's something wrong with the pup. Shut up! And in that line being delivered to Harry, he flips out. Shut up! Because he doesn't like people talking poorly about his dead parents, which is reasonable. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, however, this ends up in some unintended magical outbursting. <laughs> And he blows up his Aunt Marge. Exactly. She goes for a flight that she did not book or want. Oh, and it was not first class. Not at all. But she had plenty of leg room. <laughs> she did. And she had plenty of legs to take up that room. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so while this may seem like a pretty harmless and innocuous thing, uh, she has been thoroughly punctured and her memory erased. Modified. Or modified, that's right. Ugh. Um, I know it's a muggle mistake to make. <laughs> so while that may seem fairly innocuous, if you really think about Aunt Marge being inflated like a balloon and drifting off into the atmosphere. And not even being able to be weighed down by someone as heavy as Uncle Vernon. Yep. Yeah. Um, that presents some real life-threatening consequences. Right. Like, what could some of those be? So Let's say she continued to drift up into the atmosphere. Oh. Well, we all know that it gets a little bit colder up there. Just a smidge. So frostbite, hypothermia, and your body shutting down. Right. Not okay. ideal. A little, um, bit of, little bit less oxygen up there, yeah, maybe? Yeah, a little less oxygen. So suffocation is a very real possibility. Could be a purple balloon. <laughs> yes. Very, a very purple balloon. <laughs> um, and then, of course, if for whatever reason the charm wore off, 
she can't exactly fly. She, you know, she can't. She Not would, in fact, her. plummet. She would, to her inevitable splattery. Exactly. <laughs> Additionally, if she were up there and her timing was horrific, there could be a plane. Yep. Could be a UFO or a bird, but she could hit get hit by all of them. Yeah, and I mean, jet turbines are not really forgiving. <laughs> not to people. No, no, no. Not. or geese, or geese. Or geese. <laughs> yeah, just. So again, as as harmless as blowing up your aunt may seem, uh, he could have killed her. Right. So while the minister decided not to send Harry for blowing up his aunt, I think if the circumstances of Sirius Black having broken out of Hogwarts. Uh, Azkaban and all those kind of things hadn't happened, he might have faced some more dire consequences than that. Yeah, he might have at least a stern talking to. Yes. Maybe don't do it again. Now, this is one of the earlier uh, episodes of him being kind of uh, overblown in his reaction. Although, again, somewhat unintentional. He didn't mean to blow her up like that. Right. It wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, this would be a good time to blow up my aunt. It was just like, oh, I'm feeling a lot of big feelings. I didn't have the vocabulary to talk about it. So it manifested as it magically does. (laughs) However, there are other times where Harry's decision-making is not all that wise and does result in him maybe doing some darker, uh, darker magic than he may have intended to. Before we get to the darkest stuff he might have done, he, in the sixth book, The Half-Blood Prince, liked to utilize some of the notations within the margins. Of the... Of the uh, advanced potion-making book. Yes. Which we later find out is the scribblings of Severus Snape. The Half-Blood Prince. Now, while most of those scribblings served Harry quite well, particularly in his academic ventures... In potions class. Mm-hmm. One of them, not so much... So he had read a little incantation scribbled in the margins, Sectum Sempra, for enemies. And unfortunately, that's all he read. He didn't know what it did. He didn't know what kind of enemies you'd use this for. He didn't know what the counter curse might be. However, despite not knowing any of that, he decides to use it on a fellow student uh, who he got in a verbal and then um, magical altercation with. Draco Malfoy. And if the teacher who wrote that incantation wasn't there, Draco could have died. Absolutely. I mean, the spell is intended to end a life. Yeah. So it's intended to lacerate the individual who receives the spell. Thank you. And even when um, countered with the counter curse, which, again, only Snape knew, uh, it does leave permanent scarring. So if you stop the bleeding... And in this case, in the movie, Snape seems to return the blood, which I don't know if that's a real thing. Um, but if you stop the bleeding, you will still have permanent, large, irreversible scarring. Um, so that's that's a pretty tough one to yeah say like it's okay. Yeah, typically as as a, in a, an adult person, and even as a child person, if I saw, you know, anything that could denote something that I could do. And it said four enemies. I don't think I would just go for it. Yeah, it wouldn't be like, I wouldn't translate four enemies to to school rivals. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. To to somebody I think is a bit of a dick that I go to school with. Like, maybe that's not who I use it on. No, maybe I don't use it at all. Yeah. Because I don't know what it does. Yeah. So a little bit rash. Or, Or maybe use it on like a dueling dummy. Yes. Right. Those exist. They do. They're in the, uh. Requirement when the DA is formed. Exactly. So, yeah. which was the year prior to this. Okay, so he <laughs> knows they're there, 
We just go give it a little try. Yep. We see that the dummy is covered in lacerations. In lacerations, and we go, not gonna use it. Yeah. Because he has such an objection to using dark magic. Dark magic. Yeah. Yet he sees a spell that probably is dark magic by the note for enemies. Yeah. And still goes for it. Yeah. So <sighs> I think that, you know, that puts us in the moderate to severely bad kind of for sure uh, uses of dark magic of course but somehow he manages to top that despite being mr noble and totally against uh the use of dark magic and um that's even something that certain fan fictions which we'll get into later grab a hold of very strongly right mr someone's trying to kill me but i'm just gonna try and expel, expel your arm them right that makes sense <laughs> so uh in the seventh book and part of the seventh and eighth movie, he actually uses an unforgivable curse or two. And in the fifth one, he also uses one. Yes, he does. So at the battle of the ministry, Mm -hmm. he actually uses these two characters, albeit somewhat unaffectively on Bellatrix. And that's when he hears, you've got to mean it, Harry. And uh, that he does do an unforgivable curse in the ministry Ministry. of magic. And then directly after the minister of magic arrives and he doesn't get put in jail even though it buys you a one-way ticket to ask that yep okay all right later on he actually breaks into gringotts Mm -hmm. with hermione and with ron ron is not under the influence of polyjuice potion he's just like sort of transfigured magically um and then Hermione is under Polyjuice Potion looking like Bellatrix so that they can break into her vault to get one of the Horcruxes that they suspect is there. And Harry is under the Invisibility Cloak. With Griphook and uses the Imperious Curse on Bogrod, the Gringotts Goblet. Yep. Um, I do believe he used it on somebody else. And I'm not going to really view this as like a dark side of of another Witch or Wizard, but I'll quickly tie in that another example of this being used is by... Minerva on one of the Carol twins. Yep. Um, so that's another use of another inf- unforgivable curse. And he doesn't end up going to Azkaban for it, which was interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of uses of, of the three curses. only no-go curses. Yeah. There's only one he doesn't use, interestingly, um, even when he facing it himself. should have. Right. Like, maybe that's the one he probably should have yeah, yeah. But okay. Sure. <laughs> um, and so I guess the question surrounding that would be like, are there circumstances where it's okay to use an unforgivable curse? Well, I mean, according to the ministry, not really, right. no. But uh, it's important to keep in mind that at the time the ministry was not really the ministry. Yes. It was Voldemort's play- playground, mm-hmm. really. So- and, yeah, pious sickness was under the control of the Death Eaters yep. and... Yeah, so I I always thought it was kind of just strange that he used one in the ministry, <laughs> one in a wizard bank, which is like highly secure. When he, when he was in it. the ministry, he still had the trace on him. Right, he still had the trace on him, which means the ministry was immediately notified. Granted, it was that same night that the Minister of Magic finally acknowledged that Voldemort had returned. Yeah. So he was also dealing with a lot of the time. And there were Death Eaters there, so... It's hard to say because it because it can't actually pinpoint who did the magic. It right, it just where knows, the magic was done and yeah. that there was an underage wizard. It knows what magic was done. Yeah, and where. Yeah, 
Um, I do wonder if there would be an argument for retroactive prosecution of the use of the unforgivable curses. I think if you had, like, a really bitter attorney. I wonder what wizard attorneys are called. Yeah, me too. We're going to have to look into that <laughs> we one. Will. But if you had someone who was, like, super bitter about it. Like if Draco went on exactly. to be a litigator. Yeah, if like, Draco became a litigator. Finally got you, Potter. Exactly. He the, could absolutely make that case. The judge will hear about this. Right. <laughs> Not his father. Yeah. But at the same time, there's probably no one at that time who's going to look at the person who's... Saved the wizarding world saved. and be like, eh, maybe you need to do some jail time. Maybe you should ask. No, you kind of suffered a lot. You died. Yeah. You know? So that was our, that was our <laughs> quick... Me. No, you're good. That was our quick little uh, round out of, of Harry Potter and his use of dark magic. So he does have a darker side. And there are definitely other outbursts, yep. which is why we hear Sirius say, you know, it's it's our choices that define us. Yeah. So overall, it, you know, good kid has seen a lot of crap for or sure. The light and dark. Sorry, he says the light and dark. Light and dark. Yeah. He's been through some stuff, but there's certainly some... Um, lack of impulse control happening mm -hmm. for sure. And then some, I mean, all of it's really just lack of impulse control. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, what you would typically see with super hormonal, super angsty teenager, but amplified by the, I could die and magic. Yeah. About yeah. by the, I could die that tends to amplify things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why don't you take our second character? Absolutely. Hermione. Granger. Jean Granger. Hermione Jean Granger. So Hermione oftentimes is the focus of our conversations about dark witches and wizards who are portrayed as quite level-headed, quite good-natured. However, Hermione does some things mostly in the books. In the movie, she's portrayed quite nobly. Yeah, she's she's pretty much portrayed as a goody-two-shoe exclusively throughout the movies. And then, um, except for that, like, one side comment when she goes, um, how does she phrase it in the movie? I think she goes... It's sort of exciting, isn't it? Breaking the rules. And even that... It's like, she's oh, still yeah. like... What have you done with I did something naughty. Right. I should anyway, probably get in trouble for this. At least we know one positive thing mm, yeah. that came you're from doing, today. You're doing a great job, sweetie. What's that? Yeah. But in the books, we do see... It does elaborate so a little bit more on she? how she can break the rules if she feels like it's for the greater good. good. Maybe. We'll get back to that. <laughs> so one thing that she does is she does use fire to distract F Snape from jinxing Harry's broom, who she thinks is the one jinxing it at the time. Um, we my, So we have differing opinions on this. I'll, <coughs> I'll explain my side real quick. I viewed it as she basically set a teacher on fire, fire! which... You know, obviously there was no lasting burn to his robes or to him. Nobody was hurt because she scoops the fire off. But she did put fire on a teacher. And, and it was with the intention of distracting him. Jay Money's or Jasmine's perspective. Sorry. Yeah, no, it just... She put... It's, it's a flame that she had practiced all throughout her first year. Mm -hmm. She would do them, put them in jars, and they would be very contained. So... She does it very quickly on his robe to distract him so that he can't jinx Harry anymore. And then she very tactfully brushes it away and no one is harmed. And his robe doesn't actually catch fire. In the books. In the books. Yes. In the movies, it is a whole scene. Yeah. And it's not the blue flame and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, But still, she's doing something to a teacher. So pretty mild. 
Particularly in compared to somebody who was like it, slicing somebody open like Harry did. Exactly. And she thought the teacher was actively trying to harm a student. Yeah. Her friend. It was that friend. Yeah. Had to be That's done. True. But she does do something much worse than that. Right. Before we get to that one, she does something that's like middle of the road in the books, not in the movies. Hermione enchants the parchment that everyone signs on for Dumbledore's army to... I have one before Dumbledore's army too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I forgot to put it on the list, actually. Okay. Do you want Go for it. I'll go real quick. So in the third book, when they're all in the Shrieking Shack and um, it's Ron... Harry, Hermione, Sirius is there, uh, Lupin's already there, and Snape is there. And Snape is trying to, and obviously, pizza, pizza, come out, pizza. Right. Peter's there, too. And um, they're trying to kind of, like, get through the whole, um, how am I trying to put it? They're trying to get through the story about what happened. Yeah, and then Snape comes in, and Snape binds up Lupin, and he threatens to kill, basically, Sirius. And Harry gets to a point where he's like, no, I need to find out what's really going on. And so he goes to use the Expelliarmus charm on Snape, but he's not the only one who used it. It was him, Ron, and Hermione also Expelliarmus and attacked the teacher. Right. So, And she even says, we attacked the teacher. We attacked the teacher. We're in so much trouble. Right. So she did attack that same teacher yes. again two years later. That was for sure not so great. Yeah. And he wasn't, I mean, he was kind of threatening to move a student out of the way, but he wasn't threatening to harm a student at that yep. time. No, definitely wasn't threatening to harm a student. Honestly, though, her intention was to just disarm him. Yeah. It was just the accident that all three of them did it at the same, same time. time. Which is like cute. Out. It was, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It was like cute. Well, I don't falter for it. I'm just saying. Yeah, it was a little bit messed up. Yeah. All right. So back to the DA, Dumbledore's army. Um, Everyone who signed that paper was sort of part of a spell in which if you divulged the information about Dumbledore's army, Mm -hmm. you suffered a punishment for sure. Fate worse than death, if you ask. No, it's not worse than death. Mm, Definitely not worse than death. Fate worse than puberty, if you ask me. Yeah. A face (laughs) for puberty. Yeah. Um... What was her name? Marietta Edgecombe. Marietta Edgecombe, who is Cho Chang's friend, who Cho Chang really just dragged along to the DA because she didn't want to go alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marietta Edgecombe is actually the ones in the books who outs Dumbledore's army to yes. Dolores. And as a punishment, the word sneak is written on her forehead in extremely painful pustules that... They cannot get to go away. Yeah, think of like really huge cystic acne that's really painful and uh, red and yeah. Yep. Not good. Right there. Sneak. Yep. And she didn't tell anyone about this, which was what Marietta Edgecombe seemed to be really upset about. Yeah. Is the fact that it was a mean trick. Yeah, like you tricked us all. And Hermione's like, I don't care. You got what you had coming, snitch. Yeah, I was pretty clear about these instructions and you broke them. Yeah. So, yeah. Consequences. Yeah. So, anyone who signed the DA um, parchment. Yeah, parchment, the membership, unbeknownst to them, had that magical binding contract. It was a magical binding contract. Yeah. Right. And last but certainly not least, yeah. one of the darkest things that really any character did in the series, except for Voldemort. Um, Hermione captured Hermione Miss Granger 
eventually identified the fact that Rita Skeeta was an unregistered anomagus, and she happened to figure out that she was a beetle. Yeah. Because Harry, we believe Harry. I believe it was either uh, Harry or Shame. I think it was Harry. He said something about like he he used the word. I think she's bugged the place or something like that. I I have to find the actual line, but basically that he bugged the Triwizard champions so that she could keep getting scoops on them because she had been banned from the Hogwarts grounds after several inappropriate um, publications and and behavior examples. And yeah. Right. But she kept getting the scoop. She kept getting the scoop. And how was it being done? No one knew. Except Hermione. Except until Hermione figured it out. And she had started to keep her eyes out for bugs. Literal bugs. Literal bugs. And one day she had a jar on her and she saw a beetle and she captured it in a jar, put in a charm on it. Unbreakable to make sure, charm. An yeah. unbreakable charm to make sure that Rita Skeeta couldn't escape and, and took it, her. Yeah. And held her hostage. On the train home. Like brought her home for the summer. Yep. And basically told her that if she said anything, she'd never let her out. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, she puts her in this jar. It doesn't even talk about, like, how she fed her or anything. That's, like, so messed up. Yeah, you have to feed. It's a person. Yeah. They're in the shape of a beetle, but it's a person. And if she tried to escape, this was the whole thing about the unbreakable charm. If she tried to escape by transforming back into a human, which would have, you know, just broken through the jar. Right. Except it wouldn't. <laughs> she would have just, just, Yeah. But it just crushed her. She would have died. So, that's pretty dark. That's that's about as dark as. I mean, it's it's kidnapping. It's kidnapping for sure. Yeah, it's um, blackmail. Definitely blackmail. Um, It's other things. It's other things for sure. Yeah. I can't I can't rattle off all those things off the top of my head. But threatened homicide. Yeah, criminal threatening. Criminal Criminal threatening. threatening. There we go. That's one for sure. but she just Extortion, keeps her. Maybe? Extortion? And for me, it's, I'm a little bug in a money. jar. Yeah. And she's looking down at her and just like, hey guys. Hey guys, this is. I think they did shake her once, I if I remember. they shook her. Yeah, I think they did shake her once in the books. I gotta, I gotta look. I can't wait to get back to that book because I'm rereading through them again. Right. Oh man, that's, that's dark. Like, being shook in a little jar and yeah. this, this like, what, 14 year old at the time? Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> Imagine a teenager holding you captive. I can't imagine my, my daughter's 10. I couldn't imagine her for you. I'd be now. so mad. Yeah. Oh, God. Nope. No. Yeah. So, yeah, that one's, that one's pretty dark. And it's not mentioned in the movies at all. So, Hermione looks like a saint. Yeah. She knows how to get things done in some pretty messed up ways. Yeah. Something that needs to be in the upcoming Harry Potter TV series. A hundred percent. Absolutely. That, like, total missed character arc absolutely and in the series it would be awesome if they did it so that in each scene you could see the bug but it wasn't obvious and then you could like as a viewer you could go back to the beginning and start identifying where she is or when they're like how did you find out Hermione she has like these little flashback moments where you see the oh my god and it's more obvious because she's lime green like like her dress exactly that would be pretty fantastic that'd be awesome so yeah Hoping that happens. Who's yeah. next? Albus Dumbledore. Professor Dumbledore. Yep. So, um, I mean, the first thing I, I would say about Dumbledore is if you want to see a prime example of the dark side of Dumbledore, 
just um, just watch Dumbledore's Big Plan on YouTube by the Super Carlin Brothers. Um, it's it's pretty well spelled out how he's really just not a good person, and while he may have the greater good in mind, and we'll circle back to that, um, he's willing to sacrifice almost anything. Yep. To make sure that what he thinks is right happens. Um, so Dumbledore, I'm going to borrow this for a second. Yes, we are cheating. I wrote some notes here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dumbledore essentially, to put it in Snape's words, raised him as a pig for slaughter because he knew, and he, and he may not have known right away, you know, he didn't know as soon as Harry came to the school, but he had been sort of putting Harry through these trials to make sure that if and this is kind of a summary of the big plan, but putting, putting him through trials so that if Voldemort ever rose again, he would be prepared to stand up to him. Right. Harry, that is. Um, but however, through the course of these events, he does learn that Harry will have to die at some point. And he's essentially fine with that. In fact, he seems to be more fine with it than Snape, who right. actively hates Harry, except for the little bits that remind him of Lily. Right. Um, it's those eyes, man. It's those eyes. Those, those blue, but supposed to be green eyes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so so that is, in and of itself, probably one of the most messed up things you could do. I couldn't imagine... Um, now, of course, I'm a parent, so maybe that changes it, but sure. I couldn't imagine raising a kid who had already lost so much to die as a kid. No. Yeah. Couldn't do that one. Pretty pretty messed up. Yep. Um, aside from that, we keep saying this phrase, for the greater good. Um, if you remember his chocolate frog card, one of the things he's most notable for is his defeat of the Dark Lord or the Dark Wizard, Grindelwald, in 1945, and uh, this epic battle that took place between the two of them. But prior to that, he and Grindelwald were, we'll at least say, very close friends. Uh, that went on Super to be developed, friends. yeah, further than perhaps that. But we know they were at least very, very good friends. And that they had these grand aspirations to lift the wizarding world out of secrecy and tentatively into a position of authority and, and power. Power? Yeah. Um, and he was essentially fine with subjugating muggles or nomadges, depending on where you live. Of course. For the purpose of the greater good. So I use the term subjugate. He wasn't going to necessarily torture them. But he was going to basically have them under his thumb so that magic could, you know, be all that it could be. Right. And and people with magic or, or from magical families wouldn't have to hide from muggles for fear of being found out and prosecuted and everything else. Because there was the statute of secrecy. Right. And I mean, to play devil's advocate, imagine what could have been done magically if they weren't so concerned with keeping it a secret right. if their ministry had, didn't have to spend so much time obliviating people and monitoring how things would happen yeah yeah could have solved a lot of problems could have solved a lot of problems um i mean you could have hired people from mi6 to track down voldemort and we're done yeah teamwork yeah it makes the dream work um <laughs> for example for example <laughs> um but the greater good philosophy, incidentally, this is happening around, you know, or, or I guess his battle with Grindelwald happens around 1945. But incidentally, that's all around the, the time of the Nazi regime, right. which that was kind of one of their philosophies. They would subjugate, 
you know, the, the non-Aryan individuals and Jewish people and things like that for the greater good. Um, and that really is a scary premise to think about. Very, very and, scary. And to think of, you know, uh, somebody we think of as so noble and so great and so on the side of good, right. having once been in that frame of mind, well, well, scary, especially because he's considered one of the most powerful wizards of all time. Right. Yeah. It is, I think, his age at the time is important. He's he was young. right out of Hogwarts. Yeah, and I mean, the philosophy was being developed while he was still a student. He was pretty young. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, we all do some some interesting things yeah. during our, our teenage years. Not that yeah. for the greater good and subjugation is cool. No, <laughs> right. Or excusable, given your age, but perspective-taking. Yeah. Yeah, you would expect that he would eventually grow wiser, and he did. And, yeah. And, um, yeah. So, that was a tough one. That yeah, was a tough one. that was yeah. rough. Yeah. That, was, that was rather rough. Um, but to end our character list here, we thought we would talk about two much more seemingly lighthearted individuals. Yeah, bring it to a happy close with Although, a dark ending. Yes, yeah. Happy close, dark ending. It's fine. Yep. So Fred and George Weasley. Fred and George. They are the comedic pranksters of the whole series. Always up for a good laugh. Mm -hmm. Except for one individual. Graham Montague. Yep. What happens to Graham? So Graham Montague, he was a Quidditch player uh, for the Slytherin House. And he was also eventually on the Inquisitorial Squad during the fifth book when... um, Professor Umbridge. Him? Him? When she was appointed High... Inquisitor. Thank you. Uh, Or High Inquirer? Inquisitor? Inquisitor. Please don't Uh, At Hogwarts. And um, she started the Inquisitorial Squad, almost like a kind of lateral to the prefects or or something like that. And they could take away house points and and things like that. They could also get kids in trouble with her to give them into detention and stuff like that. So, Fred and George were... Horsing around, as they often do. Right. And Graham Montague wanted any excuse to take points away from them because, obviously, Slytherin is always trying to beat Gryffindor for the House Cup and and the Quidditch Cup. Right. So, before he could take the points away... Before he could actually say it. Yeah, because you have to say it. Once it's said, the points, if you have the authority to do so... Right. The points get taken away from your hourglass within the... Exactly. It happens magically. Yes. Before he could get the words out, though... Fred and George pushed him. Stuff him into a broken <laughs> vanishing cabinet, which was broken earlier by Peeves when um, Harry was in detention. He was about to get about in trouble with Filch. Filch. Yeah, and nearly Headless Nick has him break something to cause a distraction. Exactly. Which ends up being that vanishing cabinet. So he pushes him in there, and he gets stuck, basically, in a limbo because it's broken. So it, it's still magical. It still sort of works. But he's getting stuck between Borgen and Burke's, where the sister cabinet was, mm-hmm. and the room of requirement where this cabinet was. Yeah. And he's kind of like getting pulled between two, you know, places. For months. For months. He can hear what's going on in both places, but he can't, like, get out. And he can't, you know, call out to anybody. He's just freaking stuck. Oh, my gosh. And Graham Montague was not old enough to have had taken his apparition test yet. Right. Um, Hasn't even been taught how to. Right. Despite that, he tries to will himself to apparate out of the cabinet. Mm -hmm. And he does, but he gets stuck in one of the toilets. (laughs) He really does. He does. Sucks. And and he ends up having to go to the hospital wing 
for months. Absolutely. I mean, this kid, this kid missed a lot of school. Yes, he yeah. very much did. Not a great year for him. No. Um, probably didn't do great on his OWLs. Ordinary wizarding level examinations. O-W rules. More commonly known as... Oh. Yeah, so... It was innocent in its inception. However, the consequences of their actions... Were quite dire. And I do wonder if they knew that it was broken or that it was a vanishing cabinet at all. Right. Because otherwise, what is stuffing him in a cabinet going to do? Like, he can just be in the cabinet and be like, 100 points from Gryffindor! Right, like... I guess that's fair. So what is stuffing somebody in just a cabinet accomplish? Huh. So I do wonder what... And, and the book doesn't spell it out. No. But I do wonder if they knew it was a vanishing cabinet. I also wonder if they knew it was broken. Miss Rowling? Yeah. Get if, back uh, to if us. Joanne Rowling would like to send us a tweet to that effect. Real quick. Great. Just real quick. Thank you. Um, Regardless, I, I tell this to my kids all the time. Just because something was an accident doesn't change the consequences. If you, you know, drive down the road and get in an accident because you hit some ice and somebody loses their life as a result of it, they're still dead. Accidental even, homicide is still homicide. Yeah. And even if you've got a resurrection stone, they're not coming back. I mean, there are thoughts on the resurrection stone anyway. Yeah, which we'll definitely have to talk about the Deathly Hallows on another episode. For but. sure. Um. So, yeah, regardless of whether or not they knew the consequences where this guy could have died... And was still gravely injured to the point of needing Madame Pomfrey to rehabilitate him in the hospital wing for months. Right. On top of that, Draco hears him telling the story, Grand Montague telling the story about, you know, being caught between two places. And he decides to go investigate out this vanishing cabinet. Mm -hmm. And this is what gives him the idea to sneak the Death Eaters into Hogwarts using the vanishing cabinet. Now, of course, he has to mend it because he can't have the Death Eaters... Getting stuck. Uh, that might not work out so well for him if they get out. It'd be incredible, actually. It'd be incredible until they get out and try to kill him. Right. Right. Rough day for Draco. Um, but yeah, that's that's inevitably what results in his successful method for getting Dumbledore killed. So, friend George. Kind of indirectly responsible for killing Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. And some people might find that to be a hot take, but it's legit. No, it's definitely legit. And yeah. it's... Uh... Just be careful out there. Yeah, don't be pushing people into cabinets if you don't know what they do. Exactly. I mean, they could end up in Narnia or Borgen and Burks or... Dude, yeah. Yeah? There's a lot of potential risk with cabinets. Yeah, wardrobes are, are tricky. Yeah, uh, I mean, tricky best. business. Yeah. That's why I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, it's got to match your decor. I mean, right, exactly. Just I would totally have that vanishing cabinet. Though. Yeah, you would. It's a sick cabinet. It would look good. Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's just a few of our characters that you know we thought most people view them in a pretty nice light right somehow they escaped this escaped having this cast on their name because it yeah. wasn't in all of the movies yeah i mean i pretty much everything we mentioned in here other than like the aunt marge side of things right and the crucio right. is not in the movies. pretty, pretty um, book specific oh you, you do see him use imperious so other than the harry ones you don't see the fred and george ones nope. Definitely you, don't see Hermione. You don't see the ones from Hermione? Uh, well, at least not the Expelliarmus to Snape in the Shrieking Shack or the um, Beetle catching Rita Skeeter. And you don't really see it spelled out like that with Dumbledore. You kind of have to go back and think about the yeah. steps that Harry went through and like, okay, how is he constantly there? Like, 
Dumbledore's always there. Right, at, right at the right moment. Yep. And he constantly knows what's going on. You know, Harry ends up back with his cloak when he leaves it at the top of the uh, astronomy tower. Magically. Getting rid of um, Norbert. Yep. And when he gets it back, it says, just in case. Like, just in case what? What? Just in case I want to go and... What are you planning? Stop Voldemort hiding on the back of Quirrell's head from getting the stone out of the mirror of Erised that you know I was into. And you stated, well, if you come across it again, you'll know how it works. Spoiler why alert. I, why would I need to know how it works? Right. Yeah, so... It's fine. Watch the video. Yeah, definitely watch Dumbledore's Big we'll, Plan. We'll link that. With Yeah, with Super Common Brothers. It's, it's very, very good. Um... But there is a darker side, even to the best of wizards exactly. in the wizarding world. And I think that is definitely something they need to mention or, or show in show. the show. Yeah. Show in the show. Show in the show. Show it in the show. And remember to take different perspectives when yeah. you're looking at people. Speaking of the show, um, I have been looking for more scraps of news related to um, any casting updates, any uh, production developments, anything like that. There is literally nothing. Oh, good. Literally nothing coming out yet. I, I did hear that there have been a few more people approached about roles, but these aren't like our main the trio. Characters. Um, and so there's, there's been people sort of approached. The woman who played Tonks, Nymphadora Tonks, did ask her agent, if there's any way you could get me any part within the franchise, I want to be a part of it. Uh-huh. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Interesting. And she's been in so many other things where, like, I think she could be in it as long as she wasn't Tonks. Right. Um, As just, like, a random witch or wizard. She could even be, I think, a professor. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and, and it would totally be fine. But the question is, is she going to be recognizable enough that people are like, oh, is Nymphadora a professor now? Right. But, uh, yeah, she really, really wants to be a part of the franchise. I thought that was interesting. It's just, like, do you make the hard and fast rule that everyone in the original is not in it? Or do you make some exceptions? Like, yeah. is it fair to let Tonks in the show, but but not Draco? Yeah. Or Flitwick. Or Flitwick. Draco's so recognizable, though. I know, but, but he so fun. wants to be yeah, in he it. Does. He does. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just don't know if it's fair. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It probably wouldn't be. Um, yeah, so so no updates yet on the series. I will keep digging, I promise. Absolutely. Um, but but there hasn't been anything about release dates. I am still thinking that they should be able to be on track for a release of 2027. And the importance of that would be, one, as, as I've said before, uh, HBO or Max now does have that typical three-year timeline of announce a series, it's in development, series comes out premieres in, in not three months three years yeah well, three months would be wonderful would be awesome and overdue for sure <laughs> um so they do have that typical like three-year span which we've seen with other shows but uh if they do 2027 that is going to put them on track to essentially release the first show at the 30-year anniversary of the first book and that would be really awesome adorable yeah it would be adorable but it would be awesome. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So do you have anything else you wanted to touch on character-wise? or? No, you know, I think a lot of the characters have done both good and not-so-good things. Yeah. We just wanted to share the not-so-good things that might not have been mentioned. Yeah. And I think we did. See, we got to dredge up the bad stuff every now and then. 
Exactly. Oh, that's what we're really good at. We are. So that's it. Um, that's our highlight of some of the darker side of our lighter wizards in the series. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that list. And we also hope that you've taken a moment to look at our channel trailer. Um, we tried to have a little bit of fun with it and hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe to our channel. You can also listen to us on Spotify. We do publish most of our videos as audio only there. And make sure that you hit the like button on our video if you enjoyed it and put on your notifications so you don't miss the next time we upload an episode. Absolutely. And let us know if there's any other darkness that we missed. Yes, definitely comment down below if there's anything that we uh, left out in terms of like goody two-shoes that do something really, really bad. Because I'd love to know. Me too. So comment <laughs> and have a fantastic rest of your day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>